Hello and welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Now, this is Summit Session number eight, all about starting your subscription. And we have four fantastic authors on the panel who all at the time, this was recorded in May 2023, were at the beginning of their subscription author careers. And they share really incredible advice about how to set up your subscription, how to think about starting it, and really getting over the what is oftentimes a very big fear of pressing the launch button and actually putting your subscription out to the world for readers to join. They all did it successfully, and I know that you can too. And I think helped by their advice, you're going to do an even better job. So I hope you enjoy this session. You can find the transcript to all the different summit sessions linked down below. For those who are wondering, we also have a summit going on in 2024. It's called the Scriptures for Authors Summit. It's going to be bigger and better than ever with some incredible speakers, incredible panels, and it's going to be in person on May 6th and May 7th in Boston. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to have your writer friends there. And if you can't make it in person, we also have a virtual summit that we'd love to have you at. You can find it all linked down in the description. For now, I'm going to let you enjoy this incredible session. I'm still blown away that these authors shared these insights with us so openly. It's, it's so hard to get up there when we feel like we're starting and we feel like everyone else is quote unquote ahead of us. In reality, we're all running different races. We're all at different stages of the journey. And it is such a privilege to hear from folks who are really doing incredible things and who had the courage to try. That's the biggest thing, taking that first step forward. They did it and you can too. Let's take this next step forward into the session together. You guys have all started and accomplished something huge, but this is what I see at every author conference. So many people who are trying to get started and then you see all these like best-selling six-year authors and I love you all, right? I love you all, but there's a huge gap between I have a thousand subscribers and I have zero. I haven't started my subscription yet. And you all one day, one day are going to have a thousand paid subscribers. But in this day, <laughs> you're on your journey. You've started recently and you all have come from different genres, different backgrounds and different approaches to your subscriptions, which is why I'm so excited to have you all here today as just four lovely and incredible people. So first I'll introduce Adrian, Adrian Carley. Adrian has a really interesting subscription that actually has basically three pen names underneath one tier called the Foxfire Club. So actually moderators, if you can link to their subscriptions, you could probably just search it up on, on Ream. That would be, that'd be great. Um, then we have ISO has, you, you've had experience for, with a lot of different subscription platforms. So you've used quite a few different ones. I believe even now you're still using multiple, but you have quite a few paid subscribers across both. And you are an awesome romance author who kind of views your subscription like a cup of coffee, like a club. <laughs> I love that. Then we have Jen Campbell. And I think Jen is an inspiration because she writes across multiple genres, dystopian, which she's mainly KU focused. Her subscription up to this point has been mainly fantasy focused, but incredible author, incredible person. And she's put so much passion into her membership and she has a ton of insights a ton of different things she's tried. And then last we have Ashling Elizabeth, who she's a dark coronal romance writer. We're going to hear more from her later about branding your subscription. Ashling, I know you love branding, but let's save the good stuff for your session later. But when it comes to Ashling, she has been a very successful serial fiction author on web apps that we might get into. It might have some predatory contracts, but now she's running her own subscription where she gets to run her world and literally... And just the first couple of weeks of her subscription was able to grow it to already making hundreds of dollars a month. So she's awesome. And her subscription is beautiful. If you check one of hers out, it's, I get, I get shivers. So I am very excited to chat with you all today, how we're going to do this one. I want to leave a lot of time for questions because you all get to talk to four authors who've spent dozens, if not, I believe some of you may have even spent just uh, tons of time learning, tons of time being in this community and tons of time interacting with readers and setting up your subscription. You guys know so much, and I think it'll be great to have a lot of questions from others. But before we get into group questions, I want to first ask all of you, what scared you the most about starting your subscription and what excited you the most? And I guess with that, maybe talk a little bit about how that start went when you did it. So we'll start with 
I don't want to pick on someone. We have four people and we're virtual. So I'm going to pick on Adrian, if you're ready. And then we I'm can ready. go from there. Okay. All right. So the biggest, scariest thing is silence, right? You launch it out there and then there's cricket and you cross your fingers and you hope and that kind of thing. So you have to prepare yourself for that waiting game and the actual quiet that comes with that and just be okay with quiet. And that took a while for me to be okay with. And the thing that excited me the most was truly being able to make my own playground and have it be what I wanted it to be and not have to pray to some algorithm God to show my content to somebody. I love it. I love it. How about you, Isa? What scared me the most? I don't, I, I actually went into it fairly confident. I know silence in anything in is really that is a real issue like any kind of social platform you get on as an author and you start from zero it's awful it's just starting from zero is the worst thing ever and pushing through that until you have your first followers that start to trigger the algorithm is a really different thing difficult thing but after you've done it on 20 different platforms you are ready for that brace it's a really awful thing but i don't know that i was excited about being able to offer people an opportunity to pay me for what they were reading. And so I don't know that I was really afraid of doing it. I guess some of the technical stuff, connecting, you promise something and the follow through, would I be able to follow through on everything I promised? That was the scariest thing. And preparing people for the moment when I didn't follow through because I knew that was going to happen. That's who I am as a person. And I and wondering if they would hate me because of it. That was probably, if I was afraid of something, that was probably it. Is Would I be able to keep up? Am I going to follow through? When I fail at that, am I going to lose everybody and ruin my reputation? Mm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> no, those are, that's very valid fears. How about <laughs> you, Jen? For me, I don't usually get scared of starting new things. I'm totally like two feet jump right in. So I didn't really have a lot of fear and I had found the Facebook group and there's just so much good information there and so much support from you that it made it really easy for me to go ahead and start even though I wasn't like 100% ready to go, but I found that was totally okay, which was really encouraging. And yeah, I mean, so I'm not scared to start new things at all, but I am really excited about something that I struggle with, which is creating a better connection with readers. I find that doing, trying to do that on Facebook, social media, or even with my newsletter can be really challenging. It's like I built it and now I'm waiting for people to come. So. <laughs> One of these days it's going to grow, but for now, I'm just being consistent as, as much as I can with my tier rewards and yeah, just moving forward. That's amazing. No, that's the build it. And then you'll, they'll come mentality is like, you have to always have a little bit of it because you have to build something, even just a little bit to get someone to come. So I think that's a great mindset. And how about you, Ashley? What would you say has been some of the things that have scared you slash excited you the most? about starting your subscription? I'm going to echo Jen a lot here because I don't think my scare factors, I think I have quite a high scare threshold. So I am a jump two feet person, jump off the cliff and press the button. If it blows up, then figure it out like later. So I'm that sort of person. So I think I found it, I think any sort of fears that I can even remember having was actually, and I'm going to credit you for this, Michael, because any sort of fears that I might have even thought of having were really like eased before I even had them with how amazing, because my first subscription was on Ring, and it was ease of how amazing you guys worked with us and helped us and supported us. So I don't think I had any chance to be scared, quite frankly excited I'm excited for everything I love it I just of course I wanted to stay in I love serialized work I love writing serialized it's how I started it's how I actually managed to finish a book and I love it but I hated like we mentioned the contracts that came along with the serialized platforms and I just really love the fact that I can connect with my readers and be able to 
see what my readers liked about it and I know that yeah the exciting was building the worlds that I have that I have because they get very chaotic at the best of time so yeah that's me <laughs> I love it no that's I think all of you have had similar experiences of being a part of a CUNY when you're starting a subscription being able to get the help of fellow authors can be something that's really beneficial and, and luckily you all can join our Facebook group that's definitely a thing but I want to ask you all, because people, we've heard from people with different genres, different backgrounds, what your genre is and what the stage of your career you were in when you started your subscription. And I guess with that, like why you chose to took the jump then, like why the why now question, why now for your subscription and what was your genre in targeting that? I'm going to go in the same order. You can go in the same order. We can mix it up. <laughs> so my genre that I started in was fantasy and I was doing a lot of mythological retellings and things along those lines and then as I started my subscription I started a secondary pen name which is a steam romance pen name a long time ago I got my start in writing as a ghostwriter writing tons of steamy romance and I'd taken a break from that but I was ready to get back in it and it's a genre that does well in subscriptions and it seemed like a natural it. So that pen name is still being in the process of being launched. Her first book will actually come out in June. That's coinciding with the launch of my subscription and that kind of stuff. And then the fantasy one, I am actually pivoting my genre focus away from the mythological retellings because the market is not, it's not going like that with the mythological retellings. And I'm focusing and going into cozy fantasy because it is on the rise and I love writing it. It's just a lot of fun. And did I answer that question? <laughs> or why now? <laughs> why now part? Mainly because I think that both of these genres offer an opportunity to really cater to serialized fiction and the readers in them. Like for the code of the fantasy side of things, they love the world building and the extras and the character art and the, the fun stuff like that you can offer through your subscription. And then you've got your your steamy fantasy or sorry, steamy romance folks that just they like serialized fiction. They like that consistency and that kind of stuff. And the hotter, the better. That's wonderful. How about, we'll mix it up to make it fun. How about Jen? Um, I write a few different genres, but I have a pretty large project in the epic fantasy world. And I've been working on that for probably about two years now. I think the thing that really got me moving was that I'm, again, like I said, having a hard time connecting with readers in the more traditional ways. And also having been in this business for a pretty long time, I've written 25 books. I have taken so many courses and gone to so many summits and things like that. And it just is the same old thing. It seems like it just gets harder and harder to use that information. So actually I have a post-it on my desk that says, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. So that was my, my mindset when I decided to make this switch over. But yeah, I write dystopian as well as fantasy. The dystopian sells so much better. So it's definitely a labor of love right now. And I'm going to continue with it, but it's hard. It's a challenge to get people into that funnel. Fantasy specifically is, 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 especially if you're doing more world building, like epic fantasy, it's challenging. And I know authors who've used other pen names to fund their epic fantasy pen name that they're <laughs> hoping one day makes it. But obviously there's a big, there's a big audience there, but there's a lot of trust you have to gain and actually break in. People don't want to invest into a world unless they know it's going to stick around. I'm so proud of you though. You're amazing, Jen. How about Ashley? So I am a dark paranormal romance author. I didn't realize how dark I was until I started looking at trigger warnings on Ream. But I'm a dark paranormal romance author. I've been officially writing for about two years and it's a completely crazy story how I started writing, but I have been writing my whole life. But like I said, I started in serialization and I loved serialization. I have books on Amazon and things like that, but I love the community of serialization. And I love the connection with the readers, even the ones who don't like my stuff because it's fun. But I love that instant 
like putting out a chapter and having people come back and tell me exactly what they think are normally swearing at me because I've left a massive cliffhanger which I love and I sit there and cackle but I from the beginning wanted to have a subscription I loved the idea of it but I couldn't find anything that I liked I'd I followed Amelia Rose on Patreon which is how I found out about all this and I am a big fan of hers and I really didn't like how the platform itself felt and I'd even gone to the point of I've bought access to a lifetime access to a platform to build my own subscription and that's when I was like introduced to Ream and I was like oh okay let's see what this is like this is why it took so long for me to actually start my subscription it only started in February but it's it took me so long to start it because I'm very much in the belief that if I'm going to do something I'm going to do it right I might do it quickly and crazily but I'm going to do it right because I want to make sure that my readers love what forgetting them so yeah it was finding wait until I found the perfect place to do it the perfect home for it yeah that that makes me I'm honored I'm very honored how about you Isa what the why now is I wrote my first book on Wattpad and when I did it then they didn't have the ads the heavy ads between every chapter that they have now little ones you have to pause and watch that there was less of that I think they actually the program was supposed to be that you join the program and then if they do the ad you get paid a little bit for the ads but then they put ads everywhere so there were ads between every chapter and I kind of polled readers does it bother you it bothered me I felt like they were making money off of me and and not giving anything back the platform was it's a little clunky and stuff. And when you're doing rewrites, it it will move chapters around and put spaces between words or mash them together. And so I didn't like my Wattpad experience. And I was never going to be a Wattpad star because I was writing so niche. And um, I was also writing in a world that is is not necessarily politically correct. It doesn't cater to some of the really modern social ideas that people love. I was writing a much more, I cut my teeth on bodice rippers romances in the eight, in the 2000s, and I still love them. So I'm still writing a version of that. And that a lot of people, some people are just like, no, that's so archaic. You've got to write. So I, so I was never going to be any kind of be able to actually make money on a place like Wattpad because I write so niche. And I've been thinking about moving and looking for subscription. I looked at Patreon. I didn't like the way I'm, I don't do a lot of things that cross the bounds of censorship, but I hate the idea that somebody can control that. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't plan on writing something really taboo, but that somebody else could tell me what to do is very, I just, I don't love that. Patreon felt very limiting to me and very scary, just as bad as Amazon. And it was expensive. <laughs> it didn't seem to give back. I went ahead and... In last year, I actually started on, is it, I said it was, it's, I say it's Ko-Fi, coffee, but I started there and my goal there really was to get followers because then they would get my updates in their inbox. And, and so new platform, brand new thing had never, I'd actually had an account there with zero people on it for almost since day one, since 2020. And I started using it and started teasing it. My audience, even though I write a really spicy romance, tends to be in the little older area and new platforms are always very intimidating. Some people hate change, some changing a new platform. And so I had to tell them, train them on what the new platform was, what Ko-Fi was, what I was doing, how to use it. Some of them subscribed and still don't know how to use it. And so it wasn't necessarily the best fit. And then Ream came out and I was really excited to start Ream. I had always, I had heard almost... When I was on Wattpad, so I started in 2019, I had heard a radio a podcast about other authors, big authors doing subscriptions, doing and making money and then going and reselling the book on, on wide on Amazon or whatever. I knew it was a possibility. I'd known it was a possibility since I started and I had talked to people about it, but other authors and they're like, no, that'll never work can't deliver it twice. 
who's gonna pay for your rough draft? Because that's, I have always shared my rough draft and I am not a clean writer. I can, I can't claim to be, I have no claim to being a clean writer. And yeah, people were like, no, downplaying the idea. And I kept thinking if they keep coming back for the chapters and really they want to get away from the ads and they understand I don't get anything from the ads, they're gonna, they're gonna, be as irritated as I am. People know who loves commercials and knowing I'm not getting any money and it's just going to, I kept thinking it's got to work. I know this is going to work. And so when Reem started, I had people that actually followed me from Wattpad and from, from it's harder to get people who've actually read my book on KU to to ream that it is to get people from Wattpad and from others like Inkit. I'm also on Inkit or even like I was, I posted on Literatica for a while, even there. It's even easier to get people who are used to it on ream than it is on Amazon from Amazon. And it's just been, yeah, that's, you asked why, what was the other part of the question? Why now? <laughs> Well, I feel like you actually got it all. And I think you actually- Did I get it all? Okay, I tried to get it. (laughs) But yeah, that's my why now is because I didn't want people making money off of me that didn't really deserve, that I had no contract with and no communication with. I didn't think it was fair to me or the readers. And I had been looking from since day one for a better situation. No, that's, first of all, I wasn't expecting so many of you to say when I asked like, why now? Talk about Reem. That's did not, did not ask anyone to say that, but speaking of Ream, at least we don't have any exclusive agreements. So you can publish your stories on Ream any, and anywhere else. And we don't have any rights to your content. So we mean it when we say storytellers for the world, but let's dive into what you were touching about ISO, which we won't start with you because you touched on a little bit. We'll start probably with actually you, Ashley, in terms of marketing your subscription. Everyone's always curious what where should I go to find fans? We're on platforms. We've heard a bit about your genres now. So we've oriented, okay, these are your readers. But now where do you, where does it work to go and find and promote your subscription? Essentially, how did you launch your subscription since you all have done this pretty recently? Yeah, so I honestly took advantage of the serialized apps. I did use Wattpad for a little bit, but I have stuff on there, but I don't really watch it. But I was lucky enough to make it quite big on on Dream, which is one of the bigger serialized apps, and to make a significant amount of money on there and build a significant following. And uh, it's they don't like to advertise it as much, but you can use Dream as a free platform without signing a contract with them and have your books on there and they will show up in the catalog. A lot of the apps suppress the books that don't have contracts. I noticed that some of my author friends were doing the same thing one of my author friends has basically built a full-time career starting on dream and never signing a contract and then bringing her people over to amazon when she's released a book in full and i really started on that most of my most of my marketing started there but then i'm not going to talk about it too much because i'll be talking about this later but branding is key I'm just going to say that branding is key in a lot of things. So on social media, I I believe very firmly that you can't be too annoying to your readers. You probably can, and I probably am, but I don't care. But you can't be too annoying to your readers. You can tell them enough times, especially with social media, that a new chapter is out, that or in enough different ways that a new chapter is out or anything like that. So I do make a point of making sure that my readers know in triplet I try and keep a good connection with them just the in effect to keep the algorithm on my side I don't know if it works but people like to I have members so it obviously must work somewhere but yeah definitely having that brand in there having that having that start up with the readers who actually like the serialized stuff because I think that's the biggest hurdle so far is convincing those other readers that are ready how amazing civilization is so it's just convincing them we'll get there eventually how about you adrian what would you say to that where have you found your readers now i have a very small subscription compared to all three of these other lovely ladies (laughs) but my subscription is very fresh and it's still in its infancy so i'm not terribly worried that i only have one subscriber but anyway (laughs) don't be worried yeah one is awesome yeah, she's a, a dear friend of mine. I'm just, I'm very grateful that she came over and supported me on Ring. Anyway, but 
one of the big things I am focusing on is actually I have two key strategies. And one of those is I've taken my all my epilogues, all of my extended scene, the stuff that you would actually typically put in the back of the book. And if they want it, they have to go to Ream to read it. And by doing that in the printed versions, I put a QR code in the back that takes them over to the, my Ream page. I actually ended, did that in KU as, or not KU, but the ebook as well, but the QR code as well as the link, but some, depending on what device you're reading on, the links aren't always great. So they can also just scan it with their phone and hop over into Ream to read it. My hope is that while they're there, maybe some other stuff will catch their eyes and they might stick around. That's my number one push because I really want people that have actually read a whole book of mine to be like, hey, I like this chick. Let me go read some more of her stuff. And they'll stick around. And there's several free things there as well if they're over there and they're like, oh, what about that? And they can read a few other things while they're there. So that's one of my big strategies. And my other platform is TikTok. Steamy Romance is huge there. So I'm slowly but surely taking that pen name through the paces of building a readership. And then I have my fantasy name that has a decent following over there. I have not yet started pushing a whole lot with that. That will come as my new release. And my next release for that pen name is in 1st of July. And so when I get closer to that, I'll start pushing the subscription along with it. I just want to, I want to take it one moment just to pause and say that I think it's very, very courageous that you said you have one subscriber, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a huge deal, but I think we always get caught up in these numbers and are like, oh, like we're not enough, right? We're always like, yeah, you have more, even comparing yourself to other people on this very panel who are very accomplished. You all are very accomplished, but you all on this panel too, like Adrian compared yourself to you all, you <laughs> are comparing yourself probably to the other speakers. It's just, it's very normal. And I think one, it was great that you were vulnerable in that way, but two, I just want everyone to know that these wonderful women here, you can all be just like them. They are just a few steps ahead of you. And even the big people that you admire are just a few steps ahead of them. This is all one industry and one world. We're in this together. And Adrian meant a lot that you said that. So I want to now hand it over to Jen. And I know Jen, this has been something we can be open about some things that are working, some things that aren't, because I know you've had both things that have worked for you in terms of marketing your description and then some things that haven't. I'm curious if you want to share how that's gone. Adrian, just so you don't feel too left out. I have 15 subscribers, but only three are readers. <laughs> so when I started up everything, I was really focused on social proof. And so I got in touch with all my friends and family that seemed like they would be receptive. And I asked, can you please subscribe for two months at $5 and give me a little bit of that social proof? But as far as marketing, and I lost a few of them after the two months, which is totally fine. They gave me what I felt that I needed. But as far as my marketing, a lot of it is difficult for me, just as many of this, many things like this are. I, I talk to my newsletter a lot. I go on Facebook a lot. I started a blog of short stories that were in the same universe of what I was writing. So I started that in late November. And I would do a new story every single week and I put it on a blog. I'd send it to my newsletter, like all kinds of put it on Facebook, but then learning later on that having individual stories was not quite like the way to grab people and get them to keep coming back. So then I did something crazy. I started a live stream where I have done dictation of my books live. And that kind of had a little bit of momentum going into it. And it's really settled way down now, but so I'm not, I'm no longer actually drafting live. I'm just reading at the end of the week, what I did that week. The live stream is called the human author. And it's a reaction to the AI situation that's out there right now, just to talk about AI, talk about how I use it and how I don't use it. So I've tried a lot of different things, but I think it's time for me to make some changes. And I'll tell you more about that when, when Michael is ready for that question. <laughs> You're muted, Michael. That's our next one. That's our next one. <laughs> but I think we have ISO, your last one. What was the question again? Finding readers? Started to answer right. it in the last one. I know. Right, it was beautiful leading in our questions. But yes. How have you found readers? How have you marketed your subscription so far? So how have I marketed my subscription? 
I I already had, so I already had some readers that helped, but I need to, it probably doesn't apply now to this group or anything, but when I was first starting out, I went to, I had some pressed questions on Reddit and I went in there and somebody was asking questions and I told them, give, don't be afraid to give your stuff away for free, your first chapters, your stories. And, oh, the feedback I got was just terrible. They were like, oh, you're, you know, how it can be on Reddit. So it was really vicious feedback and I didn't listen, but I was really, I was, no, that's, I don't know if you know what you're talking about. I think giving away free stories, complete stories, or the first parts of your stories or your rough drafts, we can't, a lot of authors will come and say, what about it being stolen? Or what about there? If you're afraid to give it away for free, you have no way to really bring those readers in. That's really essentially what KU is, right? People can go buy a subscription. They can get 20 books, 10 books. They can look in their book and see if they're going to like that author or not. That's really what they're doing. And, and people can get a chance to read your first paragraph and see if they like the story or not. So if you're afraid to do that, I don't think, I don't know how you're going to grow. I can't think of any way around sharing what you write and your story with people so they fall in love with what you present. You can't, the street corner selling the book on the street corner or from a table, people just don't buy books like that anymore. They don't, they want to see, they want to know, they want to know if it's worth their time. They want to know what they're going to get. And you can also really point target, oh, the Theodora Taylor, the universal fantasy, but people still want to make sure they want, they're so trained on KU now, a lot of these readers who love stuff, they want to see, know that they're going to get what you've promised them. So if you're afraid to give away anything for free, I just, I don't know how you're going to, maybe there's another way, but I can't see that would be my biggest advice, you cannot be afraid to share your stuff with the world. And then you lead them in, you share it everywhere, you interact if they comment, and you lead them to where you tell them where you're at, make it easy for them to find you. That from starting from zero, that would be my biggest, biggest advice is for finding readers. When anybody asks, if you want to find readers, you need to go where they are and you need to share your stuff for free. The other thing is on Facebook, when people interact with you, if you're in somebody else's group, send them a friend request, just send it. If they talk to you, if they comment on a post and you're posting in, go ahead. If they like your, if they love your post, don't be afraid to send friend requests because you're never going to be able to build your main Facebook profile is really probably it's better than the groups. Even sometimes I get better interaction there than, or, and they getting them to the pages is hard. It's rude to send a thousand invites to come to the page. So don't be afraid to send friend requests on these social media platforms and engage with people there. If they're watching, no, if they engage with your content, talk back to them. This is wonderful advice. I, I think this is like one of our most, if not the most practical session yet, which this last question I have for y'all before we open it up to the audience questions, we're going to make sure we leave time for that is if you were to start over your subscription today, go back to the beginning of your journey and press restart, but knowing everything you know today, what would you do differently? We'll start with Ashley. I want to say I'm completely satisfied with my subscription. I literally don't know what I, I would probably do exactly, everything exactly the same. I would have all my tears the same. I would use the same platform. I promise I'll stop talking about me. I'll, I, I'd, I'm completely happy with what I've done. And it's, there's not to say that I'm not happy with other parts. I probably wouldn't have signed certain contracts with certain serialization companies for certain, for definite. But as far as my subscription goes, don't want to brag, but I think I did it pretty perfectly. Okay, I'll brag. But, but no, I don't know. I wouldn't change a thing. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, it's great to hear what worked for you. That's a huge key. How about Adrian? What would you say? I'm pretty much at the beginning of my subscription journey. But one of the things that I think I would do if I could back up two years from when I first started publishing under my own stuff, not ghostwriting anymore, I would start my subscription then. I wish that I would have grown this along with me because 
there's been so many peaks and valleys and stuff, and it probably would have helped me sustain a little bit of a more of an upward arc. And then also, I think that I would have been a little more realistic with my tears as I set out. I think it's probably a struggle for everybody. We have big dreams and we want to do all of the things. And I was planning all of this in the winter time when my time is better, more more abundant for me in the winter time because I'm a farmer. And during the winter time, I have more time. <laughs> so when I was sitting there, I could do I could do all of these things. And now it's spring, and I can do all of those things. Um, being really realistic, a little more realistic about what I could actually pull off. Be my other thing, I'd probably change. Oh, that's great insight. That's great insight. And how about you, Isa? What would you say? Um, my first book ended up being my f- most popular series, but because I'm a writer, I did the thing we all do. And I started two other worlds. If I could start over just as an author, I would stay with that first popular series. It can be really intimidating when you're on Patreon and Ream and other, and you have these authors who've been, or people who've been writing for years and they have a backlist or they have all this content to be able to share. And that is amazing, but there is nothing wrong with sticking with something that people like and giving them what they already have told you they want. I so now because each world is so different I basically have different audiences like the, it's one pen name but all of those people who love that they love a specific thing and to get them to my subscription I have to give each audience what they want so starting out I would stay with one world and one series and mine that for all that I possibly could and then once that was done, I would do another. I don't know if I'm, phys- I don't know if I'm mentally capable of it, but I think it's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes the best advice are the ones that are very tricky to follow, but we still need constant reminders about. So it's a very helpful reminder, even though I think I myself would struggle with that one. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about doing it over again. I'm doing that. I've decided I'm taking several steps back from the current subscription that I have for fantasy, and I'm going to be writing in a dystopian world. One of the things that I was not able to use to my advantage was those free sites, like putting things on Wattpad, on Royal Road, and trying to funnel people in that way. I started in the middle of a huge series So that already didn't really have much momentum. I'm going to keep the subscription that I have, but I'm starting another one where I'm going to have everything serialized, brand new story, going to be free all over the place and do early access basically is my plan. And also polling readers. I'm starting to do that with Facebook and my newsletter to see how many people wanted me to do dystopian, how many people wanted me to do fantasy. And then once I got some of that information, I came up with four different ideas, four different worlds that were dystopian. And I wrote a little bit of flash fiction for each of them and then sent that out to my newsletter and got feedback that way. What do you actually, which one of these are you interested in reading about? So I really am making big changes right now, but I'm pretty excited about it. I think that I've really done so many things just backwards (laughs) with the current subscription that I have. So I'm really excited about putting that like on the back burner. And I have many books that I still need to write in that subscription and I'll continue to do that, but I'm going to start splitting my time with dystopian as well. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped now. Like I've got so much information from the group and I just was being stubborn before. I didn't want to stop reading or sorry, stop writing in fantasy because I have just this huge epic arc going on right now. And I really love the stories, but they're just not, it's just not working right now. So yeah, I'm making a big 180 and starting something totally new. I, this was fantastic. All of your answers were just incredible. And now we have some questions in the chat and how I'll do this because there's quite a bit of questions is some of them seem to be more directed to specific members of our panel, which I'll do the directing, but for questions that are maybe more open-ended, if if you want to speak up, go for it. But if you might not have something to add to this conversation, we can then move along the questions just because 
we have a lot and I want to try and get to them. But this one is for you, Adrian. So tell me about how it's gone with three pen names underneath one subscription platform. This author, Anna, has some erotic novellas underneath another pen name and was wondering if they should use like separate tiers or sorry, separate pen names or sorry, separate pages, separate subscriptions, or if they should have both those pen names in just different tiers in the same subscription, like you have it. What would you be? Yeah, so I, I set up mine like it's a club, right? And so one in each room of the club is something different. And so one is more of a general support tier. I also do because I can't like can't stop picking in a bunch of different places, <laughs> but I do enjoy doing artwork and different things along those lines. So they get little stuff in that one tier. And that is, it's a cheap tier. It's five bucks. And it's also that if they want to generally support me, that's where you go. Um, and they get like a, when I start selling in my own store, they'll get a discount as well to any book there. And then in the second tier is my senior romance name. And everything in there is all, it's like a set up like a madam boutique kind of. And, and then my story spinner room is the the fantasy name and each intro is very specific to that persona and so they know exactly when they're looking at oh do I want to be in which room do I want to be in or do I want out and then there's an all-access one too you know or do I want the whole enchilada and to me it's not that hard because if I were going to have separate subscriptions I would have to be going into separate ream, ream pages or patreon pages or whatever it is it's just a different to me it's just a different slot in my club as it were. So it makes good sense to me, but that's how I do Okay. No, I, that's great advice. It's great advice. Then we have someone who asks, how do new writers, so if you're just starting your description, but also just starting your writing journey with only maybe one story to provide in the form of early access chapters, price their serial. They're specifically thinking about $4 a month and then $15 a month being the max for all things. What would you say to that when it comes to pricing as a new author in your subscription? When I started, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We'll go with no, Jen. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I start the new subscription, my pricing is going to be $3, $5, and $7. And it's going to be early access and that's it. I really don't have any plans to get to send merch or anything like that. I will have a Discord group, but I think that offering 10 or five advanced chapters for $3, 10 advanced for $5 or whatever it's going to end up being. That's how I'm approaching this next, this next project. How about you, Isa? I've got, I just recently added the $3 tier. That's the one where people can just give you money because they want to support you. And then I have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. And before that, I tried the $4.99 and the $8.99. It, nobody complained when I upped the prices, because I upped the prices when I moved to Ream, nobody said, you're, nobody has yet said, I'm not getting enough content. Nobody has said it's not worth this. That's part of the giving stuff away for free. I also still give away stories for free to hook the readers in. I don't think you need to, people are like, the, it feels like a lot, right? But when you really think about the price of things now out in the world, a cup of coffee <laughs> or a cup of fancy coffee. I love Dutch Brothers. They're large is like 10 bucks now. <laughs> and you can finish that, what, in 40 minutes? I don't know. But, you know, it, when you really think about the price of things, and this is for a month long of getting your chapters out, don't, you're worth it. And if people like what you do, they're going to pay for whatever it is, if you, and so don't worry, don't undervalue yourself. I don't think we need to, Michael says it all the time. He's I'm not putting less than $3 because I do have a $1 tier on, let me tell you, I have a $1 donation thing on my Ko-Fi. And after that gets through PayPal, I think I, and taxes probably, I get 35 cents oh, out of that dollar. Yeah. It is so it's the you got to think about that when you're only saying, Oh, just give me one dollar, you know, or give me three. You got to get a lot. 
it's yeah, the one dollar two doesn't really do it makes people feel good, like they're supporting me, but I get hardly anything from it. The reason I like it is because I know they're getting my updates in. <laughs> they're paying money to make sure they get all my updates. And I like that. It helps support my newsletter a little bit. But yeah, so that's what I would say about the don't be afraid to value your content. Give a little way of free, give a little bit away for free, and then go ahead and I, especially on Ream, I think a lot of people are starting at $5. I looked to see what the... It was I did tell everyone who's joined before our launch that $5. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't be afraid to ask $5 for that first tier. And then my second tier is 10. And I don't know that they get early access. They get all the smutty bits for different stories. And then I do have a tier I want to do that's like book box tier, but nobody's... I archived it for right now because I don't feel like I have the audience for it. It's a goal. I talk about it all the time. I'd love to give away a book box with smelly candles based on my characters and art and all of that. But if the audience isn't there for that, it just glares at me and mocks me. So I archived it for right now. <laughs> I love it. Title advice. This is a question now specifically for you, Ashling. Do you think publishing free on Dream is better than getting paid through Streetlib, which Danielle's heard is another option for getting on Dream without a contract? I think, honestly, on any of those apps, check the contracts because they are, Michael used the word predatory. They really are. They're terrible. I've got books on Dream that I can't do anything else with because Dream won't let me do anything. So I personally think going free is better than getting the money and I just to completely be transparent with it I've earned just under fifty thousand dollars in the last two years from dream personally so even though I've earned that amount that is the one thing I'd go back and I wouldn't sign contracts I it restricts you so much to their contracts and even on the non-exclusive contracts which I think is what you get through StreetLib. They restrict things like, I break the rules because I'm naughty, but they restrict things like how much you can price your book. They actually tell you you're not meant to price your eBooks less than $9.99 or anything. I do. But they also, they don't let you put your eBooks out for free at any point. Again, I do. Um, but they are very much, they, I'm just going to profess that with saying, I take risks. Don't follow my example because... I, but yeah, I definitely say, especially with Dream, they have over a million people reading daily on their platform. And I think it works better than things like Inkit and Wattpad, purely because of those million people, there's a large quantity of them that are actually already paying for books. So in their mind, they're not just going for free stuff. They're actually willing to pay. And then if you're offering a chance to pay you a lot less than what you what they're paying them they're going to jump at it they'll bite your hand off for it yeah i hope that answered the question 100 <laughs> well, answered it and i have what i think is a fantastic question from jody but I, i'll give whoever actually put it in the chat also credit thank you for putting it in the q a because i would have lost this question if you didn't put it in the q a so shout out to people put questions in the q a that's where i'll see it easily but this one's great when you don't have subscribers yet which we all started in that position, we have to remember. And you don't have them maybe in certain tiers. So maybe even some of you have a few subscribers, but some tiers might not have any subscribers. How much do you post on those tiers? Do you continue to post on those tiers? And when do you start to be like, wait, is this a lot of effort for literally like in this case, nothing, there's no one there. What would be your thoughts about that? I'll jump, sorry. Um, you go ahead, um, we'll do Ashley. Yeah, I have currently have two tiers where there's no one in those tiers. One is my lowest tier, my $5 tier, and one is a tier that I've literally just launched this last week. So I'm waiting for those people to come in because I know they will. Even though no one's in my $5 tier, I still post in there. I still post in there. I'm very much in the world of if you build it, they'll come. I believe that manifestation massively. I still post in there. Someone will eventually join my $5 tier. So that's it. It, it it's all set up ready for them when they do. How about you, Adrian? I do too. I have I have my one subscriber is an all access subscriber, so I owe her content basically in the different tiers. The general subscription tier does not have anything scheduled. So I truly can 
drop stuff in there as I see fit, which is, has allowed me a lot of freedom. But my other ones that I promise a, a chapter a week in, I put that chapter a week up and I do that trainer sign you know, kind of thing. And uh, now the one thing I need to do a little bit more is maybe start doing some more chatting. But honestly, she's my bestie. So we chat all the time. So it feels kind of weird to be in my community because I'm talking to her on Messenger. Too, but that's just does anyone else have any input on that one? We'll move on. Or unless, Jen, you go. I was just going to say that I really like having the subscription, even though I don't have many subscribers, because I find that it really keeps me honest. It keeps me coming to work every day and writing every day that I possibly can. Um, I'm able to do two chapters a week for my Ream subscription and then two chapters a week for the Human Author Project, the live stream that I started. And I find that's pretty sustainable. When I switch over and I'm doing more like short serialized fiction, I feel like I'm going to be able to handle the workload there because I have found that deadlines are a big motivator for me. Even though I started out with a bunch of content going into this I just let it slide after a while. And as far as like keeping up with having that backlog. So I've never actually been late to deliver anything, but things have shifted so that now I really, I'm, I got a fire under me and I know that I need to produce every single week. And so it's been really helpful for me in that way. That's really great to hear. And now we're going to go into some rapid fire questions. We'll try. I don't think we're going to hit all of them, but Let's go to the first one. What do you use for QR codes? I think this one was directed at you, Adrian, because you mentioned it. I can't remember. It was one that you had to pay a little bit though, because otherwise some of the free ones will change your code or they'll expire after a while or something like that. So I did have to pay a smidge, but it was really cheap. I'd have to look around and I'll put it in the Facebook group if I can go back and find it. That sounds great. It'll be in the Facebook group at some point. Thank you, Adrian. Best platforms to reader magnets. Funnel. Ream. <laughs> you can post public chapters on Ream. That's right. I'm sure yeah. one of the members can drop in how public chapters work. It's in our help guides, but that's great. Okay. This one, we're just going to take like a, like a yes, maybe, or no. Are subscriptions a viable option for a new pen name with no followers of books under their name? Ashley, yes, maybe, no. Yes. Yes. Adrian, yes, maybe, no. Yes. yes. Jen, yes, yes. maybe, Everyone's saying yes. What? I said, you do not have to say yes. Okay. I, yes. They said yes. Yes. Hopefully this has inspired you this whole talk about how that's possible, but okay. Wow. Let's see. For each of you, what are your most popular tiers? Maybe say the main benefit in the name. Let's start with you, ISO. I have cop cappuccino connoisseurs. That's the most, that's the $10 benefit and the latte lovers. No, connoisseurs is the, I always get it mixed up. Anyways, they're even right now. There, I have the same number of subscribers in each. And the main benefit of the more expensive tier is that they get chapters earlier. That's the main benefit. They And they get the spicy bits earlier. I love it. How about you, Jen? Most popular tier and the one main benefit. I have one tier. I started out with six of them and I realized pretty at the beginning that I was going to have a hard time producing and managing the merch, getting it overseas, for example, is like crazy expensive, even just for an envelope to a thick envelope to get over there. So I have the one tier and it comes with full access to the entire world that I'm writing in. So I've got nine books, I think in that world. And so I call it a library card. And, and as soon as they get it, they can, if they want to read all nine books in the first month and then uns unsubscribe, like that's totally fine with me. But that's how I have it set up right now is looking a lot at Amelia's Patreon and how she has a similar kind of a situation. So that's how I built it. Let's start then, Ashley, how about you? My most popular is probably my highest tier. It's $35. It is, yep, it's $35 a month. I They get merchandise every month, which is a new benefit, which I didn't tell them about when they'd signed up. They get physical books when I release the physical books. They get access to all of the stuff that I've got available at the moment. They get everything. They get access to me. They get everything. Yeah. 
one thing to know about Ashling is play to your strengths in subscriptions. She's like merch queen. So <laughs> I don't want to start with merch queen, not merch queen. Yes. How about you, Adrian? Where I guess I'll My ask, where's the one subscriber tier? The one subscriber, she's at the all access. So basically she gets everything, uh, the access to both back, backlists on both pen names and, and then the early access chapters as they can. You've got that one super fan. That's I amazing. Do. I have a super fan. She's wonderful. I'm very proud of you and very proud of all of you. This was an incredible session. I learned a lot. I hope all of you did too. And this concludes the session right at the top of the hour. And before you all go, I want to just give a rundown of two things. One, next session starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, hour and a half, all about branding your subscription with Shelby and Ashley Lane. Whoa, I totally <laughs> knew the names together with Shelby Lee and Ashley. <laughs> we do say we're the same person. So that I, actually I works. Merged I when I was Ashley Lee. <laughs> I merged your names. That is hilarious. And then another thing I want to mention to everyone is that you all learned today a bit about starting your subscription. I want to first, let's give everyone a round of applause. Can we give everyone a round of applause and for being so courageous? Like it's so hard to get up here when like in a writing industry where we look up to the New York Times bestsellers and seeing people who are the future ones, but not the ones of today. That's like a big deal. So huge, huge round of applause for them. And if you want to learn a bit more about starting your subscription, obviously we can't cover all of it in one session with these wonderful ladies, but we do have an accelerator that can pretty much teach you all of it. And you can be part of the founding cohort. It closes at the end of May. And it's a really great opportunity to get a course from both me and Amelia. That's all access into how you can start and grow your subscription from zero to six figures. And then a group mentorship in a co cohort, you'll be placed in a team. And Ashling is actually one of our team leads for this cohort. So you can check it out in the link in the description. If you have questions about it, um, be sure to let me know. We've created a lot of free content for all of you. So this whole thing is going to be published free. And we understand that a premium content might not be for everyone. It's a premium course. But for those of you who want to really get a hands-on experience and some exclusive insights into how you could start and grow your subscription, well, the accelerator is going to help you start and grow a lot faster. Hope to see some of you in there, but I hope to see everyone at our next session. Thank you so much for watching this session of the Subscriptions for Authors Summit. Now, you may want to learn more about subscriptions. And in that case, I recommend watching all the other sessions in this summit. They're linked down in a playlist below. But I also want to share with you all the other amazing resources we have as part of Subscriptions for Authors. First, we have the Facebook group. You've probably heard it talked a lot about during the summit, but if you're not a part of it yet, you can join totally for free in the link down in the description at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors. There's over 2,300 fellow subscription authors in there, and now a bunch of spinoff groups based on specific genres that will help you start and grow your subscription as an author. In addition, we also have for a very limited time, the founding cohort of the Six Figure Subscription Author Accelerator. It's the first link down in the comments. It's open till May 31st, and it's an amazing premium course plus group mentorship that me and Amelia have set up. It has over 10 hours of video, and then has four group mentorship sessions where you will be paired with a coach and fellow teammates who will take you through starting and growing your subscription with the goal of taking you at the beginning of the summit, whether you've started your subscription or not, to then being able to grow your subscription, get your first paid subscribers, and hopefully grow your subscription to the point that one day you can be a six-figure subscription author. It's a really, really exciting opportunity, and me and Amelia are super excited to share that with you, especially if you're very serious about growing your subscription. It can be a great opportunity if you're a very serious author who wants to go and do that. But if you're maybe not ready for the accelerator, no worries, because we have a lot of other opportunities. A ton of free resources to be put online on this very YouTube channel, there's like 30 podcast episodes out and we have a ton more releasing soon. We have like 10 more films that we're going to be releasing in the coming weeks. In addition, we have a free book called The Descriptions for Authors Starter Guide, which condenses a lot of the amazing insights you've heard today throughout these sessions and gives them in a very streamlined fashion, a step-by-step -step guide into how you can start your description. You can download that book totally for free by signing up for our mailing list at the link in the description. And then lastly, we also have fireside chats. I will link down to the playlist of that as well. Those are free webinars that we do about very key topics and subscriptions. So those are really, really fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, we are dedicated to putting a ton of resources out there for you to have a successful subscription. Not only that, but we also built a platform specifically made for fiction authors to be successful in subscriptions, which is called Ream. 
you can think about it like the Shopify meets Patreon meets a Facebook group meets Wattpad all in one. But the whole goal is to help you turn your fans into customers of yours directly that pay you monthly. It's a really awesome platform and you can check it out in the link below in the description as well. Yes, there's a lot of links. There's a lot of things going on, but odds are if you're watching this summit, you want to dive deeper into your subscription. So you want to give you everything in one place. And in fact, if you want to get all of our links in one place, we have the Ream link tree. That'll be the second link down in the comments. The Ream link tree literally has everything in there. So if you ever want any information on anything in subscriptions, all of it's in the link tree. And it's a pretty great place. I'll see you all soon. Thank you for being a part of this summit. You all the best. Have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. Oh,